Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Before we start, please note that this episode contains mentions of suicide, mental health, and sexual assault. Listener discretion is advised. KCBS Radio, original podcasts. From KCBS Radio in San Francisco, I'm Mallory Somera, and this is Bay Current. Conversations around mental health and mental wellness are not easy. So all of this week, we're featuring conversations and stories that highlight mental health and wellness as part of Odyssey's annual I'm Listening special. Here at KCBS Radio, we're covering everything from the potential of art therapy and openness in mental health discussions, being some antidotes for record levels of depression, to the state of mental health in our aging LGBTQ communities. In this episode of Bay Current, KCBS radio reporter Mike DeWald helps us take a look at the growing push to care for the wellness of athletes, from youth sports all the way up to the pros. Athletes are told to push through the pain, block out the noise, and deliver under pressure. But increasingly, an athlete's mental health is being found to be just as relevant to their performance as their physical health. In gymnastics, it's a conversation that was forced early. I think the gymnastics community has been under a microscope. Mike had the chance to speak with Lizzie Wells, the competitive director at Ronert Park Gymnastics. So looking at this level, um, you know, for a lot of kids, it's probably the, for some, it's kind of the start of their, their sports journey. You know, I think everyone's kind of at different levels. But uh, I guess, what does the conversation look like at that level? Is it something that's talked about? Is it something that's considered? I guess, you know, when you think of mental health and sports, you know, what does it look like for, for that level of, of athlete? Yeah, certainly. So we we incorporate a lot of levels into our program, and I would say at the younger levels, it's less of a conversation of mental health and more of just preaching kindness and well-being and open communication um, about things going on inside and outside of the gym. And then as you get to the older levels, I think the conversation opens up a little bit more to more of the direct topic of mental health. Um, and we do a lot of uh, journaling, a lot of conversation about... Um, how we can be better teammates and better people in the world and support ourselves and others. Are the are the pressures different in gymnastics? Because I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I was sort of <laughs> thinking through it that you know the if you think about like the the what age they're re- reaching like their peak level, it's mm-hmm. it's a lot of cases young kids. So yes. I 
I assume the pressures start earlier in that case. Is that- they certainly do. Yeah. I think that's kind of the interesting thing about our program as well. But uh, for gymnastics as a whole, if if you're going to go somewhere within by go somewhere, I mean, maybe collegiate gymnastics or um, elite in some respect, then then you would be hitting a pretty advanced level by by age 10 or 12 or something very young. Um, the unique part about our program at Roner Park is that um, our athletes are competing at all ages. We have kids that are starting out at seven, but kids that are um, still competing at age 17, 18 um, and finishing out through high school. Um, but the direction of our program has never been moving toward college. It's always been just doing gymnastics, kind of the love of the sport. One thing that Lizzie and Mike talk about is how the decades-long USA Gymnastics sexual assault scandal has led to the overhaul in required training for coaches. I think the gymnastics community has been under a microscope a little bit um, about how we can develop our gymnast mental health a little bit better, support our gymnast mental health challenges a little bit better. Um, So all competitive coaches are required to take courses like Safe Sport um, and other USAG-provided courses Um, where we learn how to support our gymnasts better um, to create a healthy work environment and a healthy, like, productive environment. A lot of the courses are specific to how to interact with children in an appropriate way. Um, And I think it's so much more than that to keep a healthy mental environment in the gym. So I think some of the challenges that haven't been discussed are... um, gymnasts inherent frustration with body image they're walking around in leotards and it's a sport where they're the whole premise of the sport is to be judged on how you look uh, how you how you perform a skill and often unfortunately that's viewed as how you look doing the skill um so from a young age these gymnasts are hyper fixated on how they look um both inside and outside of the sport but so it seems like, to some extent, maybe the conversation started earlier in gymnastics than maybe it did in other sports. Absolutely, yes. So, um, in terms of, I guess, kind of the atmosphere right now, do you see a lot of those, a lot of that change, kind of in progress? I do, especially I would say in our program because the conversation is open. Um, I think a lot of gymnasts feel more comfortable addressing concerns early, and coaches feel more comfortable addressing concerns early and making sure that. Uh, the team and coaching staff and environment is supportive of their needs. In 2022, Stanford women's soccer star Katie Myers died by suicide, only further highlighting the immense pressure that exists at the collegiate level. There's, you know, pressure to achieve certain goals and um, present yourself a certain way. Um, And that can drive a lot of internal conflict that's really hard to reconcile. Charlotte Rosario is a filmmaker and a high school junior in San Mateo, losing her own father to suicide. She used Meyer's death as a catalyst to start a conversation about the mental health of young people through a documentary. That really brings youth voices to the table when it comes to mental health. I am the founder of the Community Photo Booth, and I also am a the co-chair of the San Mateo County Behavioral Health Commission Youth Action Board. The common thread to to all of this is that there's just a lack of support um, when it comes to mental health. I mean, we have a healthcare system that is largely overworked, understaffed. Um, there's a lack of funding in so many areas. 
Um, and then not to mention that there's just so much stigma attached to all of this, which also serves as a barrier to um, bringing about more change when it comes to um, developing mental health infrastructure. So I think overall, um, right now, what I've seen, especially among youth, is that there's really just this disconnect um, between people who need help and the actual resources that exist. Um, either, you know, they can't access it or there's just not enough to go around. From, you know, my perspective as a young person, I've seen that just among people my age, there's a lot of pressure um, academically in terms of perfectionism. And that really goes into Katie Meyer's story. Uh, as you mentioned, being a student athlete, um, there's, you know, pressure to achieve certain goals and um, present yourself a certain way. Um, and that can drive a lot of internal conflict. That's really hard to reconcile um, reconcile and, and um, get past. And I think what really contributes to a lot of this um, feeling or need to be perfect is um, what we see on social media. I think social media is a huge contributor to the youth mental health crisis. Um, there's a lot of um, issues around body image, exposure to inappropriate or misleading content, um, or really just, again, perpetuating feelings of per um, perfectionism, like you're not doing enough, like you aren't enough. Um, and that can really um, feed into and create a lot of mental health challenges for young people. But there are better things on the horizon, Charlotte says. What was really great about the documentary is that it was a youth-to-youth -youth effort. Um, it really was, you know, a group of youth, um, you know, the team that I had created that was helping start these conversations. And then it was youth having these conversations in the documentary. And then with the documentary, we were able to share it with youth, families, schools around the country. Um, so really having it all start from that youth perspective um, was really important because um, we, we identified what we wanted to hear about, and that's what really drove those conversations in the documentary. If people want to check out the documentary, um, they can head on over to YouTube and search up It's Time We Talk About It. Um, and in terms of other things that people should keep in mind and, and really consider is just remember that, you know, right now, um, it's, it's really important to just check in with your loved ones, your friends and family. I think that's one of the biggest ways that we can uh, really bring about true suicide prevention is if we have a community that's tightly um, connected and, and that we support each other and are there for each other. Um, that's really, if there's something that you can do today, that's, that's what you can do. There's also a push at the highest level of athletics to focus on mental health. It is, in fact, on par physical health, nutrition, fitness, etc. It's Dr. William Parham, director of the Mental Health and Wellness Program for the National Basketball Players Association. He's also a professor at Loyola Marymount University. He had a light bulb moment years ago watching an elite player he knew was going through a significant mental health challenge perform at a high level. I had an experience many years ago watching an elite player I really just hoop phenomenally. And I happen to know that this particular player and family had a number of challenges that are pretty significant. 
And a light bulb went on in my head. I said, man, if this guy is hooping at this level, carrying around this kind of emotional baggage, what would we see if he had a place to lay down his burden and begin to process the healing? We would see an exponential increase in his individual talent and team chemistry and across team competition and excitement, renewed excitement, different excitement in the fan base. So when you invest in the mental health and wealth of athletes, everybody wins. You get substantial dividends and the benefits will just keep coming. See, we're not talking specifically about athlete mental health. We're talking about mental health in the context of the athletic arena. Mental health, as I alluded to earlier, is a universal issue and struggle. It's part of the human functioning. There's not one human being alive who doesn't have mental health to some level. And so it comes out in the context of athletics, because that's what these are, uh, athletes are doing. But it comes out in whatever others are doing. You as a journalist, um, their mental health is going to be manifested in writer's block if you're struggling. Uh, so mental health is a universal issue that manifests itself in, in the areas and domains of people's lives that they occupy. Just last week, Parham led the first ever conference on the mental health of elite athletes. The end goal is to see players as people first before performers and modeling behavior that will trickle down to fans and aspiring athletes of all ages. We really do see the mental health as your mental wealth. And particularly when it comes to players, we would like to uh, send out invitations during the summer to sort of think differently and additively about how we invest in the mental health and wellness of our athletes uh, as persons prior to being a performer. And, and we want people to begin to see them as humans first, performers second. The longer term hope is that we do know that our athletes are role models to many people in the population. Mental health is a universal issue, arguably uh, a crisis in, in many situations when you look at it through different lenses of race, culture, ethnicity, et cetera. And if we can get and model for the fan base, the mental health and wellness is a key component and essential component of who we are and how we function. It is, in fact, on par physical health, nutrition, sleep, fitness, et cetera then we would have achieved our topic. So we see it's very applicable. He says, while well, the conversation about mental health is more open now, there's still a stigma among the majority of elite athletes. Part of what has uh, kept stigma going, partly what has kept resistance up, is really not talking about the story, about the lived experience of athletes. Um, athletes who want to, in fact, move the needle of real change, professionals who want to support that move and, and contribute to it, uh, I think it's going to require some storytelling, but it's also going to require people on the receiving end of that story who can really interpret, give back, uh, really uh, sort of massage out of the person the core elements of really what they're wanting to say, uh, because there's a lot of truth uh, in everybody's experience, and everybody's experience is relevant to other folks. And so it is uh, a juggling act one that is not always successfully managed, but I think no matter how delicate you are and how prepared you are, there are always going to be naysayers who really think that you're going over the line. Uh, and that may or may not be true, but I think that also is an invitation for them to examine 
is that model uh, something you thought about doing in your own life and your own struggle and have avoided and have resisted doing so, which is their journey and which is okay. The bottom line is that it, it, it invites conversation. We can no longer be in the dark about this. And in fact, one of the mantras that guides what we do is the following. Wherever and whenever shadows have been cast, it must mean that there's light nearby. Because shadows can't be cast without light. We believe inside each individual is a light, a source of light, their genius, talents, abilities, innate gifts, if you will. And despite being in a cloud, dark spaces, tough times, which you can't deny it is very real, alive, and in living color, there's still a light shining somewhere. We believe that light is inside each individual and inside everybody they allow it to their circle of influence. And that collective luminance is more than sufficient light to guide their path as a journey uh, to better mental and emotional space and time. This Wednesday at 7 p.m., tune into KCBS Radio for Odyssey's annual I'm Listening special, focusing on mental health awareness. If you or anyone is struggling with depression or anxiety, know that someone is always there. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-800-273-8255. Or in a crisis, text TALK, T-A-L-K, to 741741. Bay Current is a production of KCBS Radio. I'm Mallory Samara. Special thanks to KCBS Radio's Mike DeWald for producing this episode. For more Bay Area stories, subscribe to Bay Current on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.